I tend to, if I can, approach every podcast edit, and this is like nerdy, but like like a meditation. That's because you didn't have that first thing that I had to do. What was it? <laughs> no names, no names. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Pop-Up Podcasting. We make podcasting easy, so stick around for tips, tricks, and a behind-the-scenes look at the podcast industry. We all went to school in the same program, so Richard, Will, and I, and there were certain things we were taught, certain practices at school, but then moving from that into actually working as a podcast editor and learning in that environment, there's different tips and tricks that you learn there. So I thought that would be kind of nice to share what is like one tip that we found has been really beneficial and something we've continued to use throughout. For me, it's a little different because I've been doing vocal editing for over a decade now, but it was it was all it was all music. It was all musical editing. So when you're recording vocals for a song, it's a lot different than than recording vocals and editing vocals for a podcast. So the 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 biggest thing for me was the initial transition, getting used to cutting in the middle of a word as opposed to, no, that that didn't work. You have to re-record that because if you're singing a song and you mess up a word, you're not going to cut in the middle of that word. You're going to re-record that word. But for podcasts, my my favorite thing is we I, now I use Hindenburg because we all use Hindenburg before I used to use different software like Reaper. But they have a different waveform editor. So they, they the waveforms look different. So in Reaper, you have like the stereo view where you see both the left and the right channel. And that's great. But in Hindenburg, I don't know if it's called like mono view or whatever, but you just have one steady waveform. And you can actually see a bit more information. Like words actually take shape. So I find that really handy when it comes to um, editing podcasts because if someone says a word and let's say the the word is uh, schedule and they say it a bunch of times. Well, it's really easy to just cut right in the middle of that S and just make it seamless because you can tell what the S's look like. So it's it, that's my favorite thing with with podcast editing is is I can get really creative with my little edits and make it seem like it's seamless. But really, like I really just chopped in the middle of a word and you had no idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for mine, it's not necessarily like a maybe like a technical tip or something, but it was more like, I I think through schooling, they didn't really talk so much about like, we learned like editing software and stuff like that and like some shortcuts and everything. But I think it's optimizing the use of those kinds of things, at least for me, was very helpful. So like making sure you have a mouse with, you know, you can get them with like seven or eight different buttons and stuff on them. Like even just like mapping your shortcuts, like your five ones you're going to be using all the time while editing, having those just all on your mouse, I found has been super helpful to me. Um, Because that way, I I think it just like my productivity just sped up by a lot. Um, And then similar to that, is just like have like I like having a multiple monitor setup so I can sort of have a couple different things going at once, um, especially for like, you know, if you have like edit notes back from a client and you want to have that open and then you have your other window with, you know, Hindenburg going and stuff like that. So you can track some of your edits like I, I think just having your setup um, done right. And that's it's not going to be universal. It's going to be different person to person. But getting that sort of optimized is going to help you um, be more productive and, you know, take advantage of a lot of these, you know, programs have great tools built into them. And then, you know, if you're able to use them in a more sort of effective and efficient manner, I think that's overall just going to be very helpful. Mm -hmm, For sure. For sure. That makes a huge difference. 
Um, so the one I what wanted about to you, share. Lisa? Yeah. What about me? Um, <laughs> what about me? So I don't know if you guys, if this was happening when you were in school still, but when I was in school, we were taught to take out the breaths for some reason. So something that totally yeah. changed my style of editing was when I started working for JP and he taught me about spacing and like spacing for breaths, for example, you know, it's like, it's natural to hear people breathing and people kind of expect that. So uh, that's one thing that, you know, and, and you know, I guess there are cases where you're, you, you would take out breaths, but in general, that's been a big one. Um, and then also as a best practice, we generally leave, is it JP? I think like half a second at the beginning of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. I think it's just so that when people press play, they have a bit of a time before it starts. So they don't miss anything, um, which is helpful as well. And then also spacing between when people say something and the next person talks like just mm. like you start to notice when someone says a letter sound there is a little bit of time that naturally ends after that whereas if you were to edit too tight it sounds abrupt and all of a sudden we're missing the end of that sound um, or even just we hear the end of the sound but there's no space before the next person talks which still can sound strange as well so i found for me that's totally changed the style that I edit with. And uh, it's, ju it's just like a creativity thing, I guess. But I tend to, if I can, approach every podcast edit. And this is like nerdy, but like like a meditation. That's because you didn't have that first thing that I had to do. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> no names, no names. Um, <laughs> Richard was brought on with an extremely difficult edit of several like two hour conference recordings. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, they were um, so fun. Changed him forever, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lisa, your your like takeaway was I think the one that um and a little peek behind the curtain, you sort of gave us that that is an example of what you were going to be sharing. So it kind of uh, I had to scramble a bit to come up Lisa with my secondary one. On the best yeah, because yeah, I'm like nobody was... better nobody better talk about spacing. Cause I, I yeah. love it so much. It was a good one though. In school, they didn't because especially, you know, schooling was more geared towards like traditional radio and stuff like that. So, you know, that's like 30 second ads where they're trying to jam as many words in as possible. And you have music running under a lot of stuff, too, which can kind of hide some of those more abrupt things if you are removing breaths and stuff. So, yeah, the editing style that I was used to coming out of school is totally different than what I then had to do, like starting the internship kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that was a big, a big, big difference I noticed for sure as well, too. I think they're going to start implementing, as far as the radio courses, I think they're going to start implementing different editing style education just because they're, they're, they're all useful. Like cutting the breaths is very standard in like music and in ads and big reads, like on radio in the middle of like a commercial, you don't want to hear someone go <gasps> like that makes sense. So they're, they're learning it is useful, but yeah, they really drill it into you to, cut the breaths out in the specific program we took. And that drove me crazy because like, yeah. it's, uh, it's I don't want to get dinged on my grade for leaving in a breath that should be left in. But yeah, uh, breaths are very important for spacing. And I've you can even get into the habit of if something doesn't feel right with an edit, you can even copy and paste a breath from somewhere else into that little space. And it makes it sound so much more mm -hmm. natural. So there's so much stuff that you can do with spacing and with breath work that really makes it sound seamless. And you can also make them quieter when you need to. Like you can just go mm -hmm. in and just like, like yeah, lower it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think the, the takeaway shouldn't be uh, 
all breaths are good breaths, I guess. <laughs> Definitely not. Because <laughs> they're like, you don't want, yeah, you don't want something that's like, I don't know. I might then, start my own religion and that'll be the title. Yeah. All and breaths then, are good breaths. <laughs> and then I went to the store and yeah. I bought some milk. You know, like there are times when we'll cut them out if they're distracting from the flow. And and uh, yeah, but I think the thing with podcasting versus like, yeah, some of those more like commercial radio formats and ads, especially where it's like just, yeah, boom, boom, boom information. Um, yeah. There's podcasting has this style of of authenticity i guess and yeah, that's conversational and conversational natural flow and i think like all of these tips are great and it's all stuff that sort of separates the amateurs from the pros right like yes anyone can get garage band going and edit a podcast and some of those result in good shows but yeah i think there's this like attention to detail that we that we bring to it across the board that, uh, yeah, you're not going to notice as many of the edits. You're not going to be distracted by distracting breaths, but you're going to, you know, hear a natural sounding conversation. Am I still up? <laughs> you're, you're up because obviously you have a lot of experience with, like you said, doing your own podcast a long time mm -hmm. ago and, um, just different experiences and workshops you've done. So yeah, you have the floor, sir. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Favorite tip I've learned since being a podcast editor. The two I wrote down are number one, very speed. And number two, marking edits during recording. So very speed is what Hindenburg calls its playback speed selection thing. And uh, just for a very like nuts and bolts kind of thing, being able to listen at 1.5 times or two times speed, especially if, yeah, it, like we're often listening to things three times before sending it to a client. So as, as riveting as your content is, um, it's nice to speed it up sometimes. So yeah, I'll often do like a big sort of bulk edit at a higher speed because you can still hear an um, or you can still hear like a big, you can still see a big pause at, the, at those speeds, even though everybody sounds like chipmunks. Um, <laughs> so I, I like using that. I think that's sort of a, a pro tip for, for editors is you can potentially listen to an hour of audio in 45 minutes or half an hour um, <laughs> if you're willing to listen at chipmunk speed. The other tip is marking edits during recording. And, and this is sort of fundamental to our business model, really. And it's not something I started doing until we started this business. I, I learned radio documentary kind of style recording. And even this podcast I started with, 10 years ago that we did a hundred episodes of, we never really marked edits during recording. So you'd sit down for an hour and a half interview, hit record, focus on the interview and hit stop. And one of the things that we bring to the table as, as producers, when we're working with clients is we're like a third party. We're not the guest. We're not the host. We're not involved in the interview. We can kind of focus on that side of things. And it, it really, it really speeds up editing if you can mark like, okay, we stopped to, you know, cause the guest needed to drink some water here. Uh, there was, you know, something that was repeated. Uh, we did a retake here, blah, blah, blah. And then after the recording is done, you just sweep through those markers and, and clean all that stuff up. Uh, so we do it in, in our software with little software markers, 
but I've even heard of people uh, who record solo doing this with like either like a little clicker kind of thing or even clapping, right? You can say like, every time I mess up, I'm going to do three claps and those show up like I can see them because I'm recording mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They, they show up as these spikes in the recording and then I can go back through all those spikes and uh, and clean that up. But I like that you brought up the that, yeah, when you have an editor, it makes a huge difference because you don't like, for example, I'm going to be editing what we're doing here and I'm not making any markers because I don't want to take my, I don't want to have too many tabs open mentally basically and take myself away from what I'm trying to focus on. And that's the same thing for clients. If they have the advantage of having an editor, they don't have to be thinking of that stuff. They can just focus on their guest or their content. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I think it's enough to do the mental gymnastics of interviewing someone where you're listening to their current answer and thinking about your next question and all the rest of it. As far as markers, I think it's nothing like groundbreaking to say, but it does help a lot. They, they go, it goes a long way to mark while you're editing. And and for me, when I first started, I wasn't even sure how to mark like, okay, I'll put a marker there, but what do I call it? Sometimes you don't have to call it anything. If it's just like a little simple edit, you just put a marker there and then you go listen to it later. But what I've been getting in the habit of doing, and I love it, is I'll use brackets. So I'll use an open bracket and then a closed bracket. And then I know that anything in the middle can be deleted. So that's been a really mm. big help for me. So as soon as something goes wrong, open bracket. And as soon as it gets fixed and it gets moved on, close bracket, delete everything in between there. And that that helps me a lot. I love I like that. that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I often... T- so a lot of the time with our clients, they like stop recording and then they start recording again because they, they're talking about the question or or need something rephrased or whatever. And uh, my practice is to like put a marker and name it like stop and then start. But the uh, close bracket, open bracket is a nice shortcut. I like that. Thanks for checking out Pop-Up Podcasting, podcasting made easy. If you're interested in learning more about podcasting or starting your own podcast, you can find us at popuppodcasting.ca where you can download our free guide, Podcasting at Work.